Welcome to Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. Each week, we explore down and dirty ways to stop awfulizing, catastrophizing, going down the rabbit hole, and moving through all the craziness that is happening right now. We're here to create a community of like-minded people as we give you tips, tricks, and techniques for keeping sane in an unhinged world. And now, here are your hosts, Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. Okay, and I, I, let's get started. Uh, welcome, welcome everybody. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, for those of you who've been with us before, uh, you know I'm Scott Grossberg, one of the co-hosts. I'm joined by Michelle, uh, my other co-host. Hi, Michelle. Hello, Michelle's everyone. A, Michelle's across the country. Uh, periodically, people come and go and join us, and some are by phone, some are by video, obviously. Uh, if you see Michelle and I look away, it's because Michelle's manning the chat room, and I'm manning the participant window, and we are the production team and your hosts <laughs> for today. Uh, for, uh -huh. those of you, for those of you who will be listening to this later on or who are watching us now and don't know who I am, my name is Scott Grossberg, as I've said. Uh, I'm the author of The Most Magical Secret. I am a certified life coach, uh, hypnotherapist, NLP practitioner, Ho'oponopono practitioner, and we could go on. Uh, but I, I bring a variety of skill sets in addition to being an attorney to our conversation. Michelle, why don't you introduce yourself for everybody? Sure. Uh, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in California, and I also do uh, business and life and couples coaching nationally and internationally. So that's, that's who I am. I'm excited to be a part of this with Scott and to see some of you just continuing to join our community week after week yeah, definitely that, helps with Corona fatigue. Yeah, that, exactly. <laughs> you know, that, and, and I want to kind of take a step back here and remind everybody this all started. Uh, Michelle and I have known each other for quite a while, but this all started with when Michelle and I, before the coronavirus hit and before the stay at home orders were in place, we decided to put together a summit and we wanted to do it originally live. And then we said, no, we're, you know, we're across the country from each other. Let's do this virtually. And it's set right now for July, I believe 18th and 19th. And it was an entire two day weekend or is an entire two day weekend of getting your shit together and uh -huh. how, how to organize yourself because Michelle and I had coincidentally uh, been going through similar life changes, similar moves. Uh, Michelle was working with me in moving away from litigation and stepping away and gaining freedom as she called it. And I've been <laughs> chatting with Michelle about her move across the country and uh, now de-shitting for lack of, that's what I call it. it <laughs> It's called, it's called decluttering. I mean, let's get real. Uh, but, you know, it, it's But Scott comes up with creative terms. <laughs> it's challenging. Um, and so with the stay-at-home stuff, it kind of exacerbated the need for that. And that's what created then this podcast where it's great. In July on the 18th and 19th, we'll be working with folks about getting to the next phase, moving through the transition and coming out of this. But right now, I think folks need tools. And so one of the things that uh, Michelle and I routinely do is we kind of debrief with each other. What have you been doing for the last week? How have you been working with clients? And mm -hmm. 
what are your some big takeaways and then we'll move into our conversation so what's new michelle huh, what's new okay so my latest discovery which probably all of you have already heard about is some good news on youtube sgn on youtube has anybody heard about that yet with John, um, I will not pronounce his last name correctly, but he's Jack Ryan, and he's from The Office. And one of my favorite episodes is a, a surprise visit from the cast of Hamilton. There was a little girl in Jacksonville who was looking forward to seeing Hamilton, and it got canceled, and he heard about it somehow, and invited the cast of Hamilton to come on a Zoom call, much like we are, and they sang to her, oh, wow. um, Alexander, Alexander Hamilton, and it sounded so beautiful. And uh, it surprised me because I had only heard rumors of this. And so basically the idea is that with the help of his child who does his graphic artwork, he's created these um, episodes where people report positive things that have happened to them during quarantine. So it's everything from Instagram messages that he's gotten to people doing art or, or things to spoof him. Um, and it's just very sweet. It's not about infringement or copyrights or protecting your creative ideas. It's about sharing and using community to get through the quarantine. So I, I really like it. I think there are other stations out there like it that are inspirational news instead of the negative, scary coronavirus news. But I highly recommend that you watch uh, SGN on YouTube. So I've been talking to my clients this week about balancing out the news that we need to stay in touch with, like some of the recent announcements in LA County. I, st I still live in LA County, but I've been quarantined in Florida <laughs> since mid-March uh, when this all kind of went down. So eventually I plan on getting back to California and then eventually staying there a little bit, packing up and moving to Florida. But that, you know, in the meantime, how do we deal with the news we need to keep track of that keeps us safe and alerted and the news that we maybe need to hear so that it's not all the negative? Yeah, you know, it's, it's you and I always, I, serendipity always plays in with you and I, right? <laughs> really? Again. Um, it, it's, again, you know, one of my favorite mentalists, uh, performer, entertainer, has this great term, a coincidence? I think uh -huh. not. Um, <laughs> and, and it's, it's, I'm a big believer. Uh, that's why you and I work so well together. Uh, quarantine fatigue, at least for me, has played a large part in talking to folks. And I've, even today, as a matter of fact, I, I spent an hour with somebody consulting and, and coaching them. They're lost. And it's like, how do we pivot in this world? How do I come out of this uh, and still have connection with folks? Uh, and what he wanted to do was to pivot from live events into an online presence. And I keep reminding him, and I remind everybody else, I've been doing this with, with folks for the last week. It's your fears for the most part. I mean, we certainly all have survival wired into us, but a lot of our fears aren't real. They're irrational. And I keep reminding folks that take a new perspective, take a step back, tell a, tell, keep reminding yourself that your fear has been invented that, you know, in, in from my, I've got some background in Kabbalah and it's like fear is not an option. Take fear off. I've, I've said this with coaching clients before. What will it take 
in the midst of this coronavirus, what will it take for your fear to become irrelevant? And it really causes people to pause because even everybody watching us right now, that's a big question. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I've asked myself the question, what will it take for, for Scott's fear? Because I invented it. Mm -hmm. right? It's a program I'm running. All of this stuff, epigenerational, generational, uh, my immediate stuff going on, everything that I've got all comes to play. What do I have to do to make all of that fear go away? And I don't know that any of us are equipped to answer that question for ourselves, mm -hmm. which is why you and I have put together this show uh, so that people will have a safe place. And you and I joked about this early on. I've always dreamed of creating an event like this where the strong can go to be weak and it's safe to do that so that everybody knows they're in the same boat together, mm -hmm. that they, they hear that you and I've been through messes. We're not perfect. You know, you're, I, I've, when you and I were first chatting, I said, do therapists, you know, do therapists actually have problems? Because you know how to fix everything, right? And you politely did not laugh at me and walked me through that, yeah, we, you know, bring our life experience and our challenges. You know, I bring yeah. a different skill set and it's all been built around challenges. Yeah. This is a huge challenge that we've got now. And yeah. um, the uncertainty, I'm starting to get a sense from the people I'm working with that it's less an uncertainty. People have started wrapping their brain around, I wake up, it's Groundhog Day, right? Mm -hmm. They've wrapped their head around that. And now it's, it's restless. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the biggest things I think I can bring to the table is what I've shared with folks. Do things even though they're little things so that you feel in control of, of that portion that you're able to do things about. Um, now, interesting, I will, t I, I think I've told you, Michelle, before, uh -huh. now that we have the stay at home orders, at least where I'm at, a lot of the universities are now offering free classes. So yeah. I've enrolled in Yale. I'm actually going to Yale right now. Oh my gosh, I want to go to Yale. And I, am, I have enrolled in uh, the Science of Well-Being. And it's a fascinating course uh, that, among other things, is based on the metric that you're really only in control of 40% of your life. That 50% of it is how you're wired. Mm. So half of us might be wired for the glasses half full. Half of us might be wired for the glasses half empty. Right? And then 10% wow. is life, life events. Okay. And now you've got 40% of how do you react, what do you do, et cetera. And that part you have control over. It's a fascinating class because it. it's the science of well-being. And it's yeah. all built around, I think, what we're going to actually talk something about today. And that uh -huh. is how we talk to ourselves. And that internal scripting that's going on somewhat dictates our satisfaction and quality of life. Yeah. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Yes. And it, can I go back a little bit about that do therapists or life coaches or art therapists or teachers or doctors or name it have problems? Um, sometimes I hesitate. I see a formulaic thing happening with a lot of uh, life coaches, right? And it sounds a little like Chris Farley's imitation on SNL 
where he's like, I know this because I lived in a trailer down by the river. So I, you know, I hate to go there. So I will say this, that since becoming a therapist and then being on a personal growth journey, I, can't, I still can't control the environment. I didn't cause coronavirus quarantine to happen and yet it's affected me. I can't control the outside environment, but I definitely have more control over my reactions to it and my attitude about it. And that would be a huge thing that I think any personal growth, spiritual growth path gives people. And when you were talking about fear and love, it reminded me of um, a conference that I did with healthcare workers recently. And I quoted something from John Lennon that I just wanna share with you all. Um, John Lennon wrote, there are two basic motivating forces, fear and love. When we're afraid, we pull back from life. When we are in love, we open up to all that life has to offer, passion, excitement, and acceptance. We need to learn to love ourselves first in all our glory and all of our imperfections. And I think that is a huge key to letting go of some of the problems that we face is having self-compassion uh, recognizing that a human experience is is suffering and struggle, and yet we can find a way to love ourselves through that struggle. So I highly recommend you look up that John Lennon quote and share it with people that you think need to need to be reminded that that when we are in fear, if we can look for love, if we can lean into love, lean into the people that we love, it helps it helps move us away from that false evidence appearing real, that fear thinking. You know, I love that quote, which my mind started spinning as you were talking, <laughs> because, um, and I don't think, I, I don't know if I've even ever told you this. I certainly have told you about me being that scaredy cat kid when I was growing up, right? I used to hide under the bed. Um, I am the ultimate uh, introvert who has learned to be an extrovert. Um, I was built for the stay-at-home order, right? Uh, um, That being said, I was bullied as a kid because I was a really good student. I was very creative. I was always off in my own world um, doing my thing. I was constantly called teacher's pet and uh, you name it. But people were, I mean, literally trying to pick fights with me and Mm -hmm. all this stuff. And I want to tie this in with where we're going with our conversation today because Mm -hmm. I don't know that school, I don't know that our families, and I certainly don't know that even our religious institutions know how to teach us how to communicate not only with others, Mm -hmm. but how to have that compassion for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I don't know that we can get beyond what I call the industrial mindset, that assembly line, Mm -hmm. you always have to accomplish, you always have to do more, that your value is measured by how much money you earn, blah, 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 right? Mm -hmm. And now with the stay-at-home orders and number of businesses shutting down and people out of work, you know, look, every speaking gig I had this year is gone, gone. Um, And that's not to get sympathy from you, that's to say this is a new world. And we're not coming back that quickly, which is okay, because I think that this is a great transformative fire that's taking place. But are we taking enough time ourselves to be introspective and to use this as a marvelous way to forge 
a new way of talking with ourselves. So with that, uh, mm -hmm. if you don't mind, Michelle, I would love for you, because you captured my imagination, <laughs> I'd love for you to revisit real quickly what you, you said last week. You used the term leveling. Mm -hmm. And I'd ne I, all, you know, now that I've had a chance to think about it, it's yeah. certainly, hey, Michelle, let me level with you, right? Yes. But yes. I, I, it's, I don't, we don't normally think in those terms. So could you explain what you mean by leveling? Yes. So when you think about communication, you have aggressive, right? So attacking, name calling, yelling, screaming, throwing things, physically aggressive. You have passive aggressive, right? Where I don't really want to do something, but you're making me do it. So I'm going to act out. I'm going to show up late. I'm going to undermine the project. I'm not going to honor deadlines, whatever, right? Like I'm going to do it half. I guess we can cuss on this, can't we? We can. It's yeah. candid and it's explicit. And <laughs> good. So, you know, when we half-ass stuff because we don't really want to do it. And then there's passive dependent. Same thing. Don't really want to do something, but we're dependent on the other person. So we just do it. Assertiveness communication. There's a variety of techniques, one of which is leveling. So leveling is taking that concept of vulnerability and transparency and giving a little bit to the person that you are trying to accomplish a problem with or solve something with, or, you know, it's not excuses, but it's explanation. So instead of saying something like, I'm so angry that you aren't doing the dishes and you're not pulling your weight. You know, let's say you have a roommate or a partner or something. Instead of that saying like, I have been, really overwhelmed by the quarantine and I've been working my best to find new income or support my current clients and I'm not sleeping well. And when I come out and I see that there's dishes in the sink, I start to feel like I'm, I'm not cared for. And I'm just wondering if maybe you could consider, I know you love me and, and I know that it's not your fault that we're in quarantine and going through this. I know you care about me. But I'm just wondering if before you go to bed tonight, especially when you know I'm working late, you could check the sink and make sure it's clean. Um, and just like sometimes do that a little more, more consciously. Like that would be leveling with a partner where you explain where it's coming from instead of attack aggressively or blame. Another thing might be um, someone asks you to do something new. Uh, another example of leveling. They ask you to do something new. You weren't planning on it. You feel pretty overwhelmed. And you might say to them something like, I, ha I have several things that are on my plate to do this week that I'm, I'm worried about not getting done. And I don't want to overcommit to you and under deliver. Could we navigate the deadline? Could we pick Friday instead of Tuesday? Would, like, what's the longest I can have to work on this project? I'm going to interrupt you. And, yeah. and as you're saying that, so I want all of you on this call and who are listening afterwards to understand we are pulling the curtain back on the Wizard of Oz right now. And I want you to understand, Michelle, you did this to me. I just realized. <laughs> you're so that, nice. That, that, that I just realized that that's when we were setting up scheduling and calls and uh, Michelle and I do a weekly check-in so that we can, you know, plan the show and put everything together and we check in on each other. We care for each other and we're, we're there to support each other. And I re just realized you did that so nicely. You, that's exactly what Michelle did with me saying, Hey, I've got these schedules. I've got these commitments. I've got other obligations. Can we move our check-in call to a, a different time? And that's uh -huh. what we've done. So 
good for you because well I, thank you thank you and thank you for accommodating me so that i didn't have another late night the reason uh, i say this <laughs> and i bring this up is does leveling require a buy-in from both people and a mutual respect because i, I don't know that it works i, I just had a, a client get a hold of me and yeah. um, they, they happen to also be using i just came out with a six minute a little yeah. meditation thing where people write down stuff on a, a PDF yeah. every morning and it becomes a six minute habit. It's six squares with, I sent it to you and it's got six different yeah, things that they I do. Love it. And so, you know, yes. you, in one square, it's t write down the, the top three things that, that do this. And then it's write down the top three things that are creating stress in your life. Mm -hmm. And she said, they're the same thing <laughs> that I'm stuck at home with the people that I love dearly. Mm -hmm but they're making they're me, driving crazy. me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, can, can you level when either by, by the, the mere nature, the, the mere nature of their age, you know, yeah. I don't know if they're kids or not, or just the lack of maturity. I'll use that term on the other side. Can you use leveling even if the, if, even if there isn't mutual agreement and trust? Yes, I obviously it works better when there's there's love between two people or or respect between two people. But sometimes the first time you use leveling with a person, you are going to have to risk vulnerability. There's a certain small percentage of the population that are antisocial. They derive pleasure from hurt, making other people suffer. They have uh, the German word of Scheiden, Scheidenfreude. Where you is that? The, am I saying it right? Yeah. Can yeah, you say I better? I, 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 I'm not going to say it better. Okay. So schadenfreude is where people derive pleasure from watching someone else suffer. So you're going to bump up to, you know, to maybe the 10, 15% of the population that's like that. But it's a great chance to experiment and say, stretch yourself a little bit, level with people about what's going on with you and seeing how this person reacts. If later on down the line, they hold this against you, you have just learned the level of trust that you can have with this person. Um, I would say it happens more in the work setting than it would be hopefully in your personal friendships or personal family, where you have to experiment with a boss or a coworker and see whether they throw you under the bus later. And if they do, you're gonna learn a really important lesson about that other person's ethics and way of being, and that's that can be a little bit scary, but I will go a step further. Even if you love someone, how many times do you not necessarily tell them some of your deeper, darker secrets, right? Um, how many times are you embarrassed by some of the struggles you've had in your life? I, I know I have a lot pre-therapy, right? So when I have to tell my partner that, he, you know, when he gets sarcastic or you know, teases me or, or whatever, or, or gets snippy with me, that that really, it's not that most people couldn't let that slide off of their backs. It's that I'm so sensitive to really angry people that I know anger Triggers starts you. in these little tiny ways. Yeah. Like at first it's teasing me and then it's then it's being sarcastic or whatever. And then later it's yelling at me. And if he knows like, we've got to stop this here, uh, rather than let it build up over the years, we're much more likely to be able, and it's not his fault. It's not his fault that I'm sensitive to anger, right? But I have to let him know a little bit without necessarily telling him 
like the detailed stories of the anger or trauma or abuse I've been exposed to, but level with him and say, this is why this is important to me. I'm not being a nitpicky because I'm just a jerk. You know, I've had past trauma. So, it, so let me bring it personal for a moment, yeah. if, I, if I can. Um, I know on my end, it requires speaking clearly yes. and it requires listening actively. Yes. And it's a two-way street, right? So you get this meaningful exchange that takes place. And I, I want to make this really practical for, for folks who are joining us live. Uh, so ask questions in the chat room uh, and who are listening later on. You know, my wife and I are two different people. And, and when you are at home with somebody who balances you because they're so different. She, I mean, my wife keeps me my feet firmly planted three feet off the ground. I've joked about that for years, right? She grounds me. I'm out there. And she's the most practical, and Michelle knows her, but she's the most practical person I know. Um, that she was said, hitting him with a mask right before we started the she call, was. everyone. Um, and, and, and that, that Taking said. Taking care of the practical. Yeah, that, that, that said, you know, me and Howie Mandel are about like that when it comes to germophobia. I'm not a germaphobe. Mine's a more practical thing. So before COVID-19 and before the, the stay-at-home orders, it had nothing to do with that. It was like, don't get around me when you're sick. Don't touch me when you're sick. Don't, don't blah, 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 because I don't have time. I'm out yeah. on the road, public speaking, traveling, in a hotel, on a plane, right? I don't have, I'm the presenter. I don't right. have time to get sick. Right. Now we're in this. Right. And I had, I had created a habit of, I don't want to be around somebody. I'm a gerbophobe. I'm not, but it, just, just call it that. It was easier to explain to folks. Just treat me like Howie Mandel. We will fist bump. And it's hard for me because I'm a hugger, right? <laughs> um, now we've got this, which is a now exas. I'm not speaking. I'm not going anywhere. But it's now exacerbated. I actually got a phone call for a speaking gig for February of next year. That's how far that's the first call. Wow. Now we're talking in 2021. Yeah. And I immediately I went to, wait a minute, what if somebody is sick there? How do I do this? How do I do that? Right. And I had this this conversation with my wife, and she's done she, out of mutual respect, she is more tolerant and more easygoing when it comes to everything that's going on. And she has now told me, I understand why you are concerned about getting sick. I understand why you are th doing the things that you're doing and saying things you're doing. And I want to be, and she used the term, I want to be respectful of that. Mm -hmm. So you tell me when you're comfortable to do A, B, and C. Mm -hmm. How, How do nice. How do you raise that? Oh, I'm very blessed, but how do, how do you do that on two levels for those on the call? Number one, with the people we're already with, I mean, we're confined with folks and it's safe, right? Uh -huh. But you've got family now. Um, how, do you, how do you communicate to family? I'm not comfortable. It's me. Yeah. And then how do we deal with the outside world? Because yeah. I certainly know here in California, there's a complete dysfunction as to which county you can wear a mask in, which county you don't. Yeah. Um, I know that when, we've gone to, we, beaches, which we've don't. gone to, to, 
to places to buy home, you know, to buy groceries, to buy, uh, or Carolyn went out to, to get mask material. Mm -hmm. I, you know, you, you go to a, a medical provider and they're coming out in hazmat suits to the curb and measuring your temperature before you uh -huh. can even go in to have a blood draw uh -huh. uh, versus you go into Lowe's and half of them aren't wearing masks. Um, and I don't know that that's true with Lowe's. So don't take that as a, a disrespect for Lowe's. It's not, it's you, you, there's such a disconnect here. Yeah. How can we express to somebody our, our level of comfort? What's a good way to do that? Oh, um, you know, I guess the simple answer is, you know, explain where your thought process is coming from. This just happened in a session for me in the last week where uh, one of my clients is more of a scientist and following the scientist's concerns about protecting um, people who need it, seniors, um, uh, immunosuppressant people with the risk groups, and really following the science. And most of the scientists are saying, you know, the economy needing to open up is the economy issue, but that doesn't mean it's safe. And so, you know, her partner is following more of the economic concerns and she's right. following more of the, of the scientists. So I just suggested, well, why aren't you sharing your resources? Like, why don't you sit down and read the articles that he's reading or watch the YouTube clips that he's watching and you sit down and share with him the YouTube clips that you're watching and what you're reading and then talk about it, right? And, if, and let go of the defensiveness. And then simply after that, it is plain and simple boundaries. Like no one gets to make you do anything you don't wanna do. No one, no one gets to make you do anything. You're a grown adult. You're not dependent on other people necessarily hopefully not 100% financially. And if, if you are dependent on somebody financially, hopefully they still respect you enough to let you set boundaries that you're comfortable with. And so with one of my clients, we got them to the place where they had that discussion. There was some respect. Uh, his, his company wants them back at work. Hers, hers is still shut down, um, closed. And basically they had the discussion that when he comes home from work, the agreement would be that he would shower and, and change and because of the virus sticking right. on um, clothing. And they just made a, an agreement that works for them. Um, and again, and, that, you know, now, now you're talking about mutual respect. Now it's uh, mutual respect, yes. And it, it, you know, for me, I've spent my, my adult speaking career talking to people about exactly what you're saying, and that's teaching people how to treat you uh, and learning to set boundaries or, or things that I call are non-negotiable. Yeah. Uh, and then expressing it in elegant ways. Uh, it, it's an art and it's a practice and yeah. I'm not gonna, you know, you and I do this professionally. I won't tell you yeah. I'm perfect at it all the time, but uh, I, I've also learned this is all programming. This is all stuff that mm -hmm. can be scripted and you can, walk your way around, um, there are bullies out there. Again, yeah, you know, that now, now that's one of my you. triggers, right? Yeah. And I am starting to see, even within family, uh, yeah. people saying, why are you not going out? Oh, you can give me a hug. This isn't real, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. Yeah. How, do, 
how do we how I'm not comfortable yeah and Thank it's just like i'm not comfortable love. can you own and i invite all of you listening to this can you own your your discomfort yeah and express it um, and and not let anybody bully you yeah right? like that's not respectful having people tease you and um, I don't even, I don't even know, by the way, just so that those yeah. on the, the, the call, sometimes the folks you're dealing with don't know they're doing it. They don't know better. And so I go back to the Brene Brown thing that unless you're, unless you're dealing with somebody who's being malicious, yes, people are doing the best they can with this. Most people will be compassionate. I, I would think we, we actually have a couple of really cool things in our chat but oh, since since the podcast can like be posted and on i'm just not going to use names and those of you who are alive can see it um but one of our people on the call talked about he and his wife uh, wrestling with with issues that i was discussing for decades um if his wife projects aggression uh, he feels triggered and risks getting stuck in a negative state, probably like a fear-based state for a while, and um, really wants to learn to desensitize himself so he can remain calm when she oh. gets aggressive. And do I have any suggestions that might help me become less sensitive and vulnerable? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it takes a lot of work, but a you know both of you both of you have to work on it, right? Like her working on decreasing the aggression and you working on the self-soothing, but I would say some of it is, is lack, maybe lack of understanding. So I've been working on things like when something feels aggressive to me, I, I say these words, ow, <laughs> like, you, ouch, what is it? ouch, oh, ow, whoa, you know, like, because if you, get, if you have a lot of trauma, it's hard to even speak when you go into trauma state. So step number one is express yourself in the best way you can. Um, so, ow, ouch, wow, you know, that uh, I feel hurt, you know, can, you know, I know you love me, can you say that in a way that's less biting, um, et cetera. And then I would say the self-soothing is like, oh, you know, butter, bilateral stimulation, butterfly hugging, if you've ever done this, Absolutely. rubbing yourself, holding your own hand, bilateral stimulation, I, I happen to use EFT, guys. I mean, yeah, you know, literally, the whole tapping bit. Yes. Tapping is a great practice. To, you know, I fully love myself, even though I'm imperfect and I react negatively to aggression. I fully love and complete my, uh, completely love myself. Um, I like my good parent messages on my website. Um, I love you. I want you. I see you. I hear you. It's all coming from me to me. So that's, I self-soothe in that way. Sometimes I just say, I need a timeout because I, you know, I'm, I'm flooded and I don't want to say something that I regret. So give me 15, 20 minutes, an hour, whatever I need. And then if I still am not ready to talk after whatever length of time I've given, I go back and say, I still need more time. And sometimes I just need to cry because the trauma that you're triggered by is old memories and you just need a chance to like release them. So journaling or crying to get that out and then going back and, and helping to reconnect. So those are all those I practice that regularly. I hope that's a little helpful. Yeah, let, let me yeah. add in Good. some of the things because I, I've, again, I come from a litigation experience where it's highly volatile 
and it, you, you don't have the opportunity to say, I know you love me because the yeah, reality yeah, no, is- You can't don't. stop in the courtroom and self Yeah, and, and so let, let me bring that high volatility perspective to this, if, if you guys don't mind, in case you happen to be in that situation. And the reality is, I, I fall back on two things. First of all, I'm a geek. Uh, I'm also a nerd, but I'm a geek. And I learned a long time ago this wonderful little tool uh, based on something my wife watched me do as I was composing books and, and things like that. And she'd constantly see me writing, 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 delete, 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 write, 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 delete, 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 delete. And it's become a catchphrase for us. Right, 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 right. Delete, delete, no, delete. just delete, delete, oh. delete, 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 delete. And I, I have forced myself now, but with a physical trigger. So some of you have been through on the call, some of you have been through the Shinyata code. One thing I didn't teach everybody on this for sake of time, but there's a physical cue when you say at zero, getting yourself where you want to be. This can, you can do your control alt delete if you're a, a PC person, but it's delete, delete, delete. I'm using my hand to trigger on that keyboard and replicate it. I Love learned that. this, by the way, from I'll fess up, I play poker. Uh, and you can, when, when you'd go to Vegas and sit in any of the casinos and do tournament poker, you could watch the guys who were obsessed with online poker because they were constantly clicking on the table the way they would do when they were playing the game. And that's what got me to understand how powerful these physical cues physical are. Physical cues. So I love create it. a physical cue for yourself that's literally delete, delete, delete. Yeah. That doesn't work for me. Delete, delete, yeah. delete. Yeah. The, the other thing that I would use routinely in a courtroom, I had a judge yelling. I'd, I've had judges threaten to throw me in jail because they've been so upset with me. Um, and I won't oh, put up with it. I won't put up with it. Um, <laughs> and, you know, if I'm not going to be respected and I know they're wrong, then I'm going to stand up for it. That, that takes a lot of cojones to do when the judge has just said, tomorrow, show up with your pajamas and a, and a toothbrush. Um, and it comes back to something I learned with Ho'oponopono, and I don't want to proselytize it, but if you don't know what Ho'oponopono is, it is really based on the concept of forgiveness, number one, and going back to understanding and owning what's happening. Mm -hmm. And one of the people who brought Ho'oponopono into the modern age, Dr. He, uh, e. Haleakala Lu Hen, uh, Hen Lu, sorry, uh, had this marvelous quote. Did you ever notice that when there's a problem, you're always there? Yes. I love that quote. And it, I yeah, stopped seeing myself as separate, no matter how volatile it is. And as hard as it seems, you don't go up to somebody who is being malicious and say, I love you. No. But I do it internally scripting wise. And it will literally change oh. that interaction that you've got. I love it. I think because suddenly that, it's softening you. I think that might really be a nice transition to our other comment in the chat. Um, someone in our chat has had the misfortune of having a divorce starting right before the shutdown oh. and the courthouses are closed and the negative soon to be ex-spouse is not letting up on uh, lying or gaslighting for the sake of child custody issues, uh, family business on the line, any suggestions about how to handle negative situations like that. The silver lining is that 
they're not quarantined together, but do have to exchange custody of their child. So this is an awesome question because I have two couples, one, one struggling with separating or staying together and another one uh, definitely in a negative divorce scenario. But I, any, any thoughts about that from you, Scott, before I jump in? Does something come to mind about how to manage the gaslighting? Yeah. The lying, um, well, first, first, first of all, I have a fundamental worldview belief that there is always the, you can always choose to do the right thing. Let's just start with that. You can always choose to your do the right thing. Your personal moral code, your compass, you can always choose to do the right thing. You have no control over what anybody else is going to do. And I have seen some of the worst lying, cheating, manipulative things done in a Courtroom. litigation, cust child mm -hmm. custody. Um, unfortunately, one of my daughters is in family law. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, it, it just some of the stuff is horrendous. So start with your own moral code is my, my biggest thing. And then the next thing that I, I recommend is to understand that your emotions mm -hmm. aren't real. Mm -hmm. They don't let, you know, we've all heard that when you. we've all heard to count to 10, right? When you're angry, mm -hmm. well, that doesn't work. Now you count to 90 and it does. <laughs> and, and he, it just, it takes longer. And what the studies have said, let's just be scientific about it. Now there are studies out there that show you have the emotion it lasts for however many seconds your baseline is, right? Mm -hmm. It lasts and then it goes away. Mm -hmm. And if you can find how long your baseline is, mm -hmm. let's assume it's 30 seconds, count to 30. Mm -hmm. And if it lasts longer than that, you're telling yourself stories, mm. which means you've jumped into that drama triangle, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody's a victim, somebody's a predator, somebody's a hero. And I am constantly working with folks to get them outside of that drama triangle. It's not, it's not, I need a hero to rescue me. It's not, I'm going to be a hero to rescue somebody else. It's, I don't want to be part of the triangle at all, which now brings us back. Delete, 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 delete. do your thing. Yeah. I love that. I, um, I, I do have a couple of books that I like to recommend. Um, one is, uh, the Wizard of Oz and Other Narcissists. <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness. Love that book for, you know, it's helped my clients. So I can't remember the other title, but that that's the one that's coming to mind. The Wizard of Oz and Other Narcissists and how to cope in relationship with them. And I also, your delete, delete, delete reminds me of um, if in a highly emotional state, you can count backwards from a hundred by three until you get all the way to the bottom. Usually by the time you get to the bottom, you've initiated your prefrontal cortex to come back online so you can think more logically. And there's nothing more important than trying to think more logically when you've got somebody that's gaslighting you. Because you can feel so crazy when someone's twisting your words and you know, making it all your fault and, and you just wanna defend yourself. And that just keeps you trapped in that triangle that Scott was saying. So counting backwards from 100 by three, I love Scott's delete, delete, delete. And your Ho'oponopono that you said before, even if it's you know, loving the other person because of your child together, um, forgive, 
I'm sorry, please forgive me and thank you. You don't have to say it to the other person, but by chanting those things or, or saying them in your head, it open, it softens you and opens you up to, to see a way through it. Um, and then for good reason, document, document, document. <laughs> yeah, well, well, yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna get into the legality of something. Yeah. There, are certainly, there are some, you know, look, the, the reality is, let, let's get, get down and dirty and we've got a, yeah. a few minutes left, but let's get down and dirty. It is a legal system, not a justice system. Let's, yep. it, it's broken, but it's better than what I've seen other places and I could go on and on. Um, I, I want to comment real quick, though, on a really valid tool, the Ho'oponopono process. Yeah. And maybe at some point we'll explore my variations of it. I'm sure you have, yeah. too. But the base of it is, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. That's it. Four terms is how it's been modernized. There's an older, longer version uh, that ends in um, it is done. And Again, we, you don't need to go there. I want to emphasize something, though. It's built around the concept that every problem that you have in your life, every challenge that you have, every obstacle you're faced with, every bully that you've seen is in some way something you've created. And when you're saying, I'm sorry, please forgive me, it's not to them. This has nothing to do with them. This is between you and whoever you believe the higher source is. This is you saying, wait a minute. I've recognized that we have this myth of separation going on. And because of the separation, I have conflict. God, father, mother, what Gaia, whatever you think is appropriate for you. I'm sorry that I fell into that separation. Please forgive me. So Ho'oponopono is about self-healing and self-compassion. It is not about changing anybody else. Mm -hmm. What's fascinating to me uh, and why I'm such a big adherent to it and why Michelle and I do these things <laughs> is that as you're changing yourself, as you're going through being fully present in the here and the now, doing your shaman thing of saying, what's the, what are the microseconds that are composed of the now? When you start meditating on now, I'm sorry, I'm present, everybody's one, there's nothingness, blah, blah, blah you start realizing the problems go away. It's a fascinating thing that you will find. As long as you stay in the blame and shame game, you're perpetuating that triangle. Yeah. And at that point, go find yourself a, a bigger predator, go find yourself a hero, continue to be a victim, flip things around, but you're gonna be in that hamster wheel and it, it, it will eventually be crazy making. Does bad shit happen? Yep, I've seen it. I've stepped away from litigation for that very reason. I joked about a while ago. I, I was a litigator for 30 years and I didn't lose my soul. Um, you know, there are people actually on this call who've seen me uh, in action and uh, I can be pretty brutal and pretty aggressive. And I realize there's more to life than that. And at some point, okay. at some point, this is where you do what we started this conversation with. It's a perfect way to end this. De-shit your own thinking. This is a good time to declutter this. Stop being a victim. Stop being a, a, a doormat. Draw your boundaries. That's the best. I, I've spent literally this last week telling people, treat yourself better. If there's a problem, it's there. Are there injustices in the world? 
Well, that's what your eyes are telling you right now. And it may be a pain in the ass and you got to walk through that fire. I guarantee you will come out the other side. I promise you that. Yeah. Good self-care, good thought stopping, put a limit on the negativity. Don't get down in the rabbit hole for hours on a time every day. That's uh, all good stuff. So I really, really appreciate those of you that were open and, and vulnerable with us today so we could hopefully give you some things that, that are helpful. Um, and I hope you keep keep doing that. Keep doing yeah, that. I want to thank you. This time went really quickly. I want to th <laughs> yes. I, I want to thank all of you for being on here. If you have follow-up questions, you know where to find us. Yes, please. Um, I certainly have my private Facebook group. Uh, Michelle, as a reminder, how can folks get a hold of you? Uh, e email me is the easiest, michelle at postinternationalinc.com, all one word. And you can get me at thinkingmagically.com, and I'm on Facebook. There's a private Facebook group if you want to join that. Uh, I have a, a request of all of you since we're talking about leveling. Yes, please. Uh, things that would help us at this point, share the show. Uh, the podcasts that go up, please like it because that actually does count with iTunes and and Spotify and some of the rest of them and comment on this. Um, Michelle and I are doing this because we care and we love to see the responses back. And so thank you all. Uh, podcast should be up either later today or tomorrow. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next Monday where we yes. will bring you some it's new It's Memorial tools. Day, but we will still be meeting if you're still here. It, is it? I did. <laughs> Well, you shouldn't be going out, so you should stay be at going home. out. So bring your burger to the meeting. There you go. Or whatever stay your veggie veggie patty. <laughs> uh, and with that, again, thank you guys for for joining us, Michelle. Thank you. Be yeah. well, and uh, till next week. See you then. All right. Be well. Bye, Bye -bye. everybody. You've reached the end of another episode of Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. If you like our show. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate our broadcast, and leave a review. The podcast is for general information only and not intended to be legal or mental health advice, nor the formation of a lawyer-client, nor therapist-patient relationship. Stay tuned for our next episode, and thank you for listening.